So as the losses keep piling up for UCLA men's basketball, you can tell that head coach Mick Cronin is getting progressively more frustrated, more short-tempered. And yesterday, after the loss against Stanford at home by 15 points, he really grilled his players. And with that, we welcome you in. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. You can always find me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. You can subscribe to the show. That is a must. LockedOnBruins at gmail.com is my email. And rate the program to give me some more feedback. Give me five stars. Give me zero stars. Whatever fits your fancy. So, you know, my initial thought when I was sort of charting out how I wanted to lay out this episode was, look, let's do it like we've done in the past. Let's break down said moments in this game and and really look at what went wrong, what went right and whatnot. But then Mick Cronin had some post-game press conference comments that sort of overshadowed the game itself. And so what I want to do is spotlight his candid comments, and then secondarily, we'll look at how those comments are reflected in the game itself and why he has come to those conclusions and those feelings. So that is what's in store for today. And as we begin here on Locked on Bruins, look, if you're a newcomer to the program you know that Mick Cronin never, he's always, let me say this, he is always honest. He is always forthright. He is always insightful. He is raw, which is a welcome reprieve, I would say, from the the usual coach speak that just pollutes our ears. So I, I, I happen to like this. Now, as we get into some of his comments, there have been debates. I've looked on Twitter, you know, you see the reactions on the message boards, and you're like, oh, is this stuff too, is he a little bit too harsh? Is he a little bit too brash? And, you know, obviously there's going to be some subjectiveness to what he says, but, you know, I would argue, no. You know, I think that what he's doing, look, you can, you can argue against it as far as, you know, his comments and him really being real with his team. But right now, he is digging for motivational tactics right now. And if, he, if these comments really do resonate with the players, then that's, that's a good thing, right? I mean, sometimes, and I, and I go back to a cliche, sometimes the truth hurts. And sometimes you need to be called out when you're not executing. Now, the, now the, the, the problem in here is, the, it's up to the players now. You know, the, Mick Cronin ha, has told them exactly, and we'll get into the specifics here, he's told them exactly where they're falling short. And he is making that more and more clear as the losses mount during these post-game press conferences. But the players now, it's, it's all going to come down to how they react. You know, how do you, first of all, how do you react when, you know, criticism goes your way? I mean, there, there's so many different ways. I mean, do you, do you kind of sulk? You know, maybe we've all been in those situations where that happens. Or do you, you say, yep, you're right. I, I am not doing my job. I am falling short. And yes, I will listen to you. Look, see, so you're, you're sifting through all of these, these egos and these personalities with players. And so ideally, you're trying to find something to, to rev up the morale with this team. But again, it all comes down to how the players are going to interpret his comments. And you hope that they see that, look, don't take it personally. This is about this club 
rising to the occasion. This is about them becoming back, you know, returning to the national power that they have spent so many years being. This is about getting the program back to relevancy. This is not a shot individually at somebody. So some players, I think, get that. They say, hey, you know, when there is criticism, it's constructive. It's not personal. It's to be used as like, let's all get better as a team. And so as I go from there, one of the the, the most eye-opening things that Mick Cronin talked about was, was the, the toughness that his team has failed to exude in this game. You know, he talked about in, in the post-game interview on the radio with Josh Lewin and Tracy Murray after the game, he talked about, you know, he, talked, he mentioned defense and, and taking care of the ball or issues with toughness. And, and that's an area that he says that his club really struggles in. Said that secondarily, there's no leadership, there's no accountability, and that the Cardinal imposed their will as the game wore on. He wouldn't handle it. He said it was unacceptable. And look, I mean, you were watching the number of traveling violations and you're like, wow, you know, what is this? This is not something that is normal for Division I Power Five college basketball. I mean, way too many traveling violations, way too many turnovers. It kind of rem- reminded me of during the, the, the latter stages of Steve Alford's tenure at UCLA when there were some issues with fundamentals. And he said, you know, look, we got to get back to the fundamentals. You know, the, the simple stuff like learning how to dribble, learning how to, to pass and, and, and cleaning that stuff up. And it kind of seemed like these guys reverted back to the, those simple mistakes. And those are self-inflicted mistakes. Those are not necessarily forced turnovers. And those are even more significant because, you know, you're doing it to yourself. And so... You know, you talk about toughness, you talk about, you know, Mick Cronin also adding that he, he called out his guys and, and, and called them soft at some times. He said, you know, our old, uh, he said our older guys are bad defensive players, which is ridiculous to me in his words, because they go over the scouting reports, they tell them what is up with the opponent, and defensively, there's just not a translation from, look, okay, you figure it out in practice and it's just not computing on the court during a game. It's like a big mental roadblock. It's a big hurdle that gets in the way. And so, yeah, you know, he said, once again, he talked about them being soft. He talked about them being, you know, lack of toughness. He also said that, you know, he's having a hard time finding five guys on the floor who deserve to be on the floor you know, that, that have earned the right to be there. I mean, I think from what I could gather, and you, you had Jalen Hill, David Singleton, and Jaime Hawkes Jr. were the three players that you could tell in this game against Stanford that they really worked their you-know-what's off, and they really did everything they could to, to impact this game. That's three guys. And I think McCronin is having a hard time finding others. So once again, the, the question is, how are the players going to take all of this? You know, and what I've seen on Twitter is that, you know, oh, these are, these are shots at the players and this is not right and whatnot. Well, 
that's one school of thought. But then I, I don't look at it as that because I'm like, look, sometimes the reality is this is what is going on. And if you're not real, you're not upfront with your players, with, with your personnel, how is anything going to change? And so Jalen Hill made a comment after the game that kind of illustrated to me that the players are okay with, with this. And at least Jalen Hill is. And he, he was talking about how he is handling these comments from Mick Cronin and said, look, he's, he's given us everything in practice. He's had our backs for the longest time. It hurts to see that because there's a lot of people in this world that don't have your back and we're failing him right now, to be honest. That is a guy who is all in on the team, right? That is a guy who is accepting responsibility for the struggles right now. Now, I can't say that everyone on the team has that same mindset. But what I can say is that right now this team is at a low point, maybe the lowest point it's been in a while. And that can actually be a wake-up call. But this, what this reveals to me is this. If, if you're trying to find out, you know, what players... Because I, I think this all comes down to who's buying in right now. I don't think everybody's buying in. You know, and I think that that's normal when you have a new coach and a new system and you weren't all recruited by this guy. And it's just a whole different way of doing things. But I, I attribute it to, to this. You know, you got a new coach and you're, you're trying to figure out if everybody's buying in. It's like... It's like summertime, you got a bunch of buddies at the pool, and you know, they, dip, they dip the toes in the pool, and some of them might be afraid to make the plunge in the pool because they think it's too cold. Well, if you're not willing to take that risk, you know, that's kind of how it looks for the UCLA basketball team. You know, are you going to have players? It's going to hurt. It's going to be different. It's going to be cold as you get used to this, this new temperature around the team, this new culture. Or are you going to just take the simple route and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, but I'm not in. I, I'm, I'm on this team, but I'm not totally bought in. And then you have, and those are the kind of people, like if you're at the pool, they're like, I'm not going to the water. You know, I, I'm, I'm digging in, I'm crossing my arms and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tuning out. And so there's all sorts of different ways of looking at this, but I want to continue the dialogue here with what Mick Cronin said, specifically about defense and some guys who are falling short in that area. What Mick Cronin was alluding to in the post-game press conference, he talked about what players on the team are listening to him. And I think that that is a correlation to who's buying in. I think that makes complete sense. And he said, you know, Jake Kyman is listening to him, David Singleton as well. And, you know, David's got great character went on to say that he's looking for guys right now who will just listen. Because according to Cronin, quote, we've got guys that won't listen. I told them I'm done protecting them. We have guys who just refuse to listen and follow orders, so therefore they don't get to play. And so if you want to ask me about a certain guy, that's the answer. Now, obviously, he did not pinpoint who that was, but if you look at the stat sheet and you look at the, the tally as to who played, Prince Ali saw, I think, one or two minutes in this game. You saw very little of Cody Riley. 
Jules Bernard did not play a whole lot, did not contribute. And so while Mick Cronin would not be direct in saying, and as he should, I mean, you don't want to call out players individually. I think that that's not in the best interest of the team. But I think he made a point that, look, there are certain guys that just aren't with it right now. And and hopefully they will be. But while he wouldn't get specific, I think you can tell by the stat sheet that, you know, or in terms of who he was referencing, and so part of what he, what he mentioned about, you know, guys not listening was that he, he sp- said he, t- he kind of told this, this story about how he's arranging these scouting reports. And he feels that there is still this culture of, look, how many points am I going to get? You know, in the, the whole individual outlook on things, the selfish outlook on things. And while the practice is players are nodding their heads and saying, yes, I get a coach. Yes, I get a coach. And they're spoon fed all this information and they're told and it's, it's become, you know, they're inundated with all this stuff and redundancy is important for players in order for them to, to hang on to what the coaches want and, and get them ready for games. And so there's still this notion that according to Mick Cronin, that some of the players are, more concerned with their individual stats. And he said, you know, that's the problem. We're trying to break that culture. And he called the, the love affair of some of those stat-stuffing players, the, the players that are who, who are in it for themselves, he said it's embarrassing. And obviously he would not pinpoint certain guys, but I think it's pretty obvious when you look at, you know, as I said, some of the players that usually get substantial playing time or just not you know Prince Ali from Jules Bernard to Cody Riley and and Sharif O'Neal did not get a lot of playing time in this game and there was one you know tough part from him on the defensive end where it was the end of the game and the Bruins were down double digits and I think there was like 10 seconds left and you know obviously the game was Stanford's there was really no way out of that and O'Neal fouls a three-point shooter and sends him at the line you know it's like why and I know he's young and he's learning and stuff like that but I think those are the the frustrating elements of McCrone and it's like why are you doing these things you know these are things that you know are not helpful they are avoidable and it just kind of perpetrates some of the ongoing issues it, it kind of shows you in, in in a grand scheme what really is going on and that there are just players that you know practice wise they might be you know all in but it just it's there's like a a mental block you know there's a there's these the, you know if you ever played golf and you got the yips like there's just something like like and first first of all for me let me say this and basketball I have developed a horrible hitch with my jump shot. I know it's a mental thing, but I can't seem to get rid of it. And it's just a ploy in your mind. And so I think that there's something that's just not transferring mentally from practice to game. And why you're seeing, once again, you know, guys 
not being able to, to play at a high level for 40 minutes because, you know, the first half against Stanford wasn't all that bad. I mean, at one point, the Bruins were leading by seven points. They got out to a, a slow start. They gave up a, a couple threes. And, you know, that really drew some wrath from McCronin because he said, you know, I told them specifically, do not give up the open three because we knew that they could hit the three ball. And then the Cardinal go up nine to one. And there was kind of a breakdown in terms of, you know, defense on the perimeter. And these are not problems that are aberrations, right? These are problems that have been mounting and going on all season long. And some of the struggles on the offensive end we'll discuss here in just a moment because there were key players that just weren't not able to execute. And when you look at the numbers, that's a big reason why UCLA also fell short to the Cardinal. Chris Smith had engineered three really good offensive games coming into yesterday against Stanford. And it, it did not carry over against the, the Cardinal. He was called for a number of travels. He made one field goal. And you had Singleton, Jaquez, and Hill. They were basically the only source of offense for UCLA. They shot around 40% from the field in this game. Prince Ali, as we talked about, did not play a whole lot. And the traveling calls, I just I, I can't fathom how that is happening so much. Stanford winning at Pauley Pavilion for the first time since 2005. And then Hawkes, as good as he was playing, his scoring simmered down in that second half because he got into foul trouble picked up his third foul with about 17 minutes left in the second half. There were some great plays individually from UCLA. There was the, the Tiger Campbell alley-oop as Hawkes went back door for the filthy alley-oop, 36-33. That made the score. The Bruins were down by two at the half, and Hawkes started the game five of six from the field and was really held in check the rest of the way, partly because of foul trouble. And the defense really becoming more sound. Uh, there were, you know, some decent moments where you had UCLA go on a 9-0 run. They took a 27-22 to lead in the first half. They had made, in that stretch and, and beyond, a, a f- five shots they had made in five attempts straight. So it was also good to see David Singleton get a lot of time out there. And he hit some threes which he is a marksman and just has yet to find his rhythm from downtown. So there was that. And, you know, right now there's just not a lot of fast break offense coming from UCLA. And that's reflected in the confidence level in the offense as a whole. So until this offense gets more comfortable with each other, then, you know, we won't see probably a whole lot of fast break opportunities. And what... Mick Cronin also said was that Stanford is is clearly, in his words, a better basketball team. It should prove to you guys that the recruiting rankings are about as important as what is in the garbage can. And I get the frustration there. And and look, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter 
how good you are in high school if your mind is not in it. If you're not willing to be all in, then yeah. I mean, the, the recruiting rankings don't mean anything. I mean, you have to commit to a coach. And so there's this level, there, there, there's, it comes down to some blind faith here. And I've brought this up, you know, I, I hate to be redundant. I hate that. But once again, what this law shows you is that some players need to become more in terms of buying in. And they are not willing to adhere to this blind faith because this is new. There's nuances to this new staff and, and change is always hard, right? I mean, give me a situation and, and a lot of times people just inherently, they don't like change. It's uncomfortable. They, you know, would rather stay as is, even if the as is, it is not healthy. It is not in your best interest. There's just a, a deep level of comfort to the status quo. And there needs to be somebody that steps in and says, look, this is not right. Now, Coach Cronin can say what he needs to say. But as he pointed out, and as we've said, and I've pointed out on the Bruin Insider Show and on this podcast, is that until you've got more senior leadership and more accountability, it's a team right now that Cronin would say is rudderless. Nobody is holding each other accountable. There's a lack of senior leadership. And until that happens, you know, this is going to be a team that has a lot of growing pains. And so, you know, you hope that some of these comments will incite some fervor and bring about some passion and wake up the guys because the way they're playing right now, I mean, it's going to be a struggle bus the rest of the Pac-12. And we're just getting started in the conference season. And so at some point, the pride within you has to say, I can't take this anymore. This is UCLA. This is a prestigious basketball program. And we've all got to work together as a team to get out of this. Coming up tomorrow, I will discuss further this team. I will also look at their next opponent this weekend, Cal. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Brian Fenley.